Hey guys, it's Simona. So, on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about race in reality TV, um, discrimination, implicit biases that live in our minds, um, and I think that, especially during Black History Month, um, but also just with the climate in the world overall right now, this is a really important conversation that needs to be had. Um, over the past year, as a white person who cares a lot about social justice, um, who cares a lot about equality, I've really been trying to challenge myself to engage in new conversations and conversations that I wouldn't have engaged in before. Um, my school had always talked about productive discomfort and I sat there wondering, what is that? Like, whatever, kind of making fun of it. Being like, okay, productive discomfort. But I now realize how important it is to put yourself in situations that might be slightly uncomfortable, but to have the conversations that are really important in this day and age. Because so much is changing, so much progress is being made, and it's important to be a part of that. Um, so today, we're going to be talking to Dejan and Justin, two incredibly powerful and thoughtful individuals that I have met through the fandom, um, and I actually had the privilege of meeting Dejan a couple of years ago, um, and I'm going to talk to them a little bit about their experiences with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, with racism within the fandom, within games, outside of games, um, and also a little bit about um, racism and biases within the reality TV world in general. Um, I'm really excited for this conversation. Like I said, I think it's really important and one that definitely needs to be had. Um, and I hope you guys all listen all the way through because I think it's really, really important to educate ourselves as white people or as not black people um, about the struggles that disproportionately affect black people um, and just uh, black indigenous people of color in general. Um, so yeah, I hope you listen all the way through. And if not, I hope you can at least take something small away from this podcast. So let's go and meet them. So today I have Justin and Dejan here. So if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Justin at Justin Vito on Instagram. Um, I'm 17 years old from Florida, and I have been in the fandom since 2015. So that's about six years now. I was about 12 years old when I joined the fandom, and I'm still here now kicking it. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Dejan. I'm at Reality Star on Instagram. I'm 21, and I have been in the fandom since 2014. Um, so about seven years now. Awesome. So the Black Lives Matter movement took a real toll on the lives of many African-American people this year, as well as people in general. Um, And this movement has been reflected through reality television as well. So if you guys want to speak a little bit on your experiences with that. Um, Well, for me, I've known about Black Lives Matter for a long time. The first time that I can remember the movement really sparking was probably like 2013, 2014. And I really feel like 
it almost comes in phases. Um, like Black Lives Matter is always working. It's always around. It's always doing things. But it definitely feels like when something big happens, which, you know, um, we all know what happened last year. That is what really sparked the movement. It's a sparked the rise. It sparked everything. And I mean, reality TV is reality TV, reality. So a lot of things that happen in the show or in the shows, the plural, are going to reflect in real life. So the Black Lives Matter movement seeped through probably any TV show that you watched, whether you saw it up front, whether it was with casting more people of color or even in games in the fandom. And to piggyback off of that, um, when you look at these, big corporations in terms of like reality television like CBS, NBC, and all of them, um, they're predominantly white. So I don't think they realized until recently with all that was going on with the Black Lives Matter movement that um, they have a privilege and it's very much so showcased within the casting of these shows. Um, during this movement, I think we realize there's a deep-rooted racism um, that's like in a form of like microaggressions and stereotypes on Black people and any people like that are of minority. Um, so I think it was an important statement made this past year, especially during this pandemic, um, to showcase how this is not something that's new, it's something that's been going on for centuries, decades, and many, many more years, so. Yeah, I think it's really, really important, especially because these reality TV shows are broadcasted to the entire country, um, and it really sets an example, and yeah, like, not everybody watches them, but people do, and maybe they're not intentionally picking up on what's happening, but it's still happening, and you're seeing it, and it does get into your brain, and so I do think it's a really important conversation to have, and to kind of raise awareness of the things that might kind of slip by some people's minds, but what is, like, really happening, um, so moving on, you know, reality television has been very predominantly white, like you guys kind of mentioned, um, and has had a real lack of diversity when it comes to people of color, women, and LGBTQ casting, and even when they are included, um, they are subjected to stereotypes that society has framed them as. So how do we change this narrative moving forwards to kind of set the tone for POC women LGBTQ representation that isn't within these stereotypes? I think the answer is extremely simple. I think if we want to see more of real diversity in America in casting, then that needs to be reflected on the casting team. When you look at casting teams, it's all white people. So I, you can't really blame them for casting people of their own. Like, if it's all white people, then they're probably going to be more inclined to cast all white people. And especially in the past, it's been older white males who are out of touch with what is new, what is this generation, like, everything. So, like, we have to put people that can reflect us as the casting team. We cannot expect these 60-year-old white males to know the ins and out of the current generation. Um, so if we want more women of color, more women, period, more people of color, more minorities, more LGBT, everything else, then those people need to be put in the casting team or in the casting teams so that they know what to look for and who to cast because there has been predominantly white cast. And even when you add the two, three, even four black people or people of color, period, into these white casts, whether it's on purpose or whether it's an accident, there is a stigma there. And just to um, jump off of that, um, there's this like idea of overt and 
um, covert racism. So very much covert is like basically visible. So you see everything that's going on, but covert is like that unconscious bias um, that is like deeply rooted within these systems and these spaces. So um, I think that what Justin was saying is that it needs to be not just represented within on our television screen, but also behind the scenes with the casting team. I think these teams realize that you have to be very conscious of your bias and your privilege. Um, for me, when I started watching reality television, I was about like 10. I was watching like The Challenge and Survivor. And I think I was watching, I don't know what season it was of Survivor, but I only seen like two African-American people and it was one black and one female. And I was just like, why is it only two people? Like I can't relate so much. Like you all, you basically gravitate towards people that you see and that you can like relate to. Physically. So it's kind of hard to see that. And they portrayed the black male as this strong, dominant, aggressive player and the female that was just, um, oh, if she got mad, oh, we had to send her home, like she's mm-hmm. dangerous. So it was like, okay, why are we being painted as that painted as that type of player, that type of person? So I think with the casting, I need to, I need them to stop recruiting players because they recruit mm-hmm. they recruit players that fit this stereotype. Exactly. And I'm, like, I'm sick of that. Look for real people. Look for like we do these casting videos and all this. Why not pick those individuals? Why are you recruiting this stereotype? And we've seen it through the past few seasons of Big Brother. There's the same stereotype: the gay black um, male who's very flamboyant that doesn't know anything, that's aware of the game, or the female that's very aggressive that oh she can't be you know around these people. Oh she's gotta vote her out. She does this, does that. Well, she's talking game. Well, we gotta vote her out. But you guys are doing the exact same thing. So it's like, why are we still casting like this and we've been putting out this issue for a long time but i don't think they're like even being receptive of what's going on at all and going off of that that is a huge issue too that that i feel like we do not talk about at all is for the people of color and specifically black people that are casted it's so nitpick and stereotype now are there black people that are loud and that will pop off and i'll be angry with you yes i'm one of them like yes it's, it's a thing but how often does the black nerd get casted how often does the black country boy get casted there's black country boys there's black nerds there's smart quiet black women but those people are never casted it's always the same two three maybe even four categories of black people that you see get casted and, and like that's okay those are real people too we're all real people but like let's diversify it there's there's i can name hundreds of white stereotypes that fit country nerd quiet like mom dad like there's so many that can fit but there's only like three or four of these people of color and that's why it feels like we're having the same people over and over and over because they're casting it that way on purpose yeah mm-hmm. and as like a jew i totally understand that every season of a show that i watch like with my brother we have like kind of a running joke where it's like uh, who's the jew this season you know and it like it shouldn't be like that but like it is and okay. even worse is the fact that like we're able to guess it you know like that's probably the worst yeah. part mm-hmm. um but what is exciting is that cbs has announced that future seasons of survivor big brother the amazing race and love island will have casts that are at least 50 percent of black indigenous people of color um and i think that's a step in the right direction um while i do agree though that they need to change the casting teams if they at least make this commitment to change the casting itself i think that's at least some progress 
Um, I, think it's, I think it's really good. Yeah. And then this past summer, um, something that I thought was very powerful was Davon on Big Brother and the way that she used the show as a platform um, for the Black Lives Matter movement um, and just speaking up on behalf of people of color in general, if you guys want to talk a little bit about that. I go first? I think, um, so... We were first introduced to Devon, I think it was BB-16. 17. It was 17, okay, BB-17, forgot. <laughs> but that's when, that was like one of the first time I kind of related to a player. Um, so when she came back for her third time and when the, with all that was going on in the world, I expected a lot more people to be inclined to talk about what was going on. I think a lot of the players, predominantly white, we're afraid to have a com- an, an uncomfortable conversation. I think these uncomfortable conversations need to be had in order for a change to occur in this world. So I think what Devon did was very courageous, but also, and you know what, I expected it from her because I know the type of player and type of person she is. So her having these conversations with um, Kaser, um, Bailey, um, even Ian, like it was really important to see as an African-American male that is very much into reality television. Um, and just to see how people reacted in the comments of her post. Um, people calling her racist and saying, why are you doing this? Why are you talking about this issue? And it just goes to show like this underlying systematic racism that lives within this system um, and in this world. So I think it was a great conversation that she brought up um, for a lot of people to see and for a lot of people to like actually speak on this issue a lot more outside outside the fandom and inside um the game as well okay i i almost want to play devil's advocate in just a little bit of a way because there was a tricky situation with that because she did all this while in the midst of a game that is about lying about backstabbing where you're gonna have to do things that you don't want to do where you're going to have to lie and cheat and steal if you want to win. So I can understand why people may have felt like, oh, like, okay, like, Davon, I hear you, but, like, at the end of the day, this is a game. So vote David out of this game. I don't care why. But I also think that those people need to put themselves in. And I think she did a really good job. She who watched defeats. She made it a point that she knew that, this was a game and that she knew that she wasn't always doing the necessarily the smartest move, but that's not what she was here for. She, at this point, of course she was here to win, but she was here for a much bigger cause. And she made it very clear, hey, if y'all wanna vote David out, if y'all want David to go home this week of this game, that is on y'all. But me as a black woman will not vote out this black man because first of all, there's only three or four of us in this damn house in the first place. And second of all, it feels like the world is all against us right now, even in real life. So why am I gonna go out of my way to not be against him as well? Now, of course I can see maybe being a white person in that house being frustrated because they feel like something else influencing the game. Sure, I can understand that and I can sympathize with that, I do. But I think what some people in the house need to realize and what a lot of those commenters needed to realize was that this is so much bigger than the game. At the end of the day, only one of them wins $500,000 and everybody else goes home without winning nothing. So I think she took the 
biggest platform possible, which was CBS, millions of viewers per episode, and she spread so much awareness. And even though she got thousands upon thousands of hate comments, even if one person was educated and learned something from it, then it was all worth it. And I know that thousands of people did. So I'm really proud of her. And I'm really thankful that she even sacrificed her game truly um, to for the bigger picture, for a bigger cause. It's really good for her. Yeah, I think it also says a lot that she did end up being fan favorite for this season. I think that was also really powerful and really important um, and showed that, yeah, maybe some people weren't really receptive to what she was doing, but other people really, really supported her. And I think that was really important to also see. Um, But moving on kind of to the fandom itself, you know, so there have definitely been issues within the fandom around race around um diversity within casting um and i don't know i think the fandom is really interesting because to some extent we've all grown up within this place you know it's like we have our real lives and then we have like our fandom lives and i know like for me the fandom was like i matured a lot while in the fandom like i joined when i was a freshman in high school and I'd grown up going, right, I'd grown up going to a private Jewish school, so I didn't have friends who weren't Jewish, basically, and so joining the fandom was a little bit of a wake-up call, it was like, whoa, diversity, cool, you know, and I've learned so much while in the fandom, and grown to the point where, like, diversity is normal as it should be, um, and so I think, a lot of people are going through that and a lot of people have a lot to learn about what that means for them and in their lives and there have definitely been some issues around that so let's talk a little bit about those there used to be a running joke in the fandom that me and dejan were the same person and that me and dejan were like brothers i don't think we look alike at all let's talk about it we don't look alike at all but when there's about three black people in the fandom they're instantly compared. People would come or be like Dejan under like my cast reveals and vice versa back in like BB Cake days. Like we don't we don't look alike at <laughs> all. But it's you know when there's a black male and we have like a similar like archetype where we're like we're more bold, a little bit more upfront than most, and we were instantly compared. But there's not that same comparison for two white people who are the same. Like I don't see that at all. You wouldn't see that with other situations. Um, so that is just a piece of the puzzle in the fandom, the fact that me and Dejan, we don't look anything like, I'm sorry, um, that we were, we were, we would get called brothers or, um, we would get called that we were the same person. And that, that was, that was a long time ago. I feel like we haven't heard that in a really long time because this fandom has diversified itself like crazy. Each year gets more and more diverse, but mm-hmm. thinking back of to like 2015, 2016, I can name to you like three black people that would get casted for games, maybe four. And just to start off with that, my beginning stages of this fandom were not the best. Um, I can remember it was about 2015, 2016. Um, It was like an all-star game. Me and my friend Marquez were casted. And in the comment section, um, another player, I'm not going to say the name, told us that, oh, my parents used to own you. So it was like these little things that we couldn't even like speak on because he had friends that person had friends to back him up over that comment so and just to know there was only like five other 
Black people I can like really name that was in the fandom, it was just so hard for even people to like defend us or we have to defend ourselves. And then from that point, people create this narrative or the stereotype of, oh, he's he's loud, he's scary. Oh, you don't want to talk to him because he's going to get offended. And then that archetype gets well known in the fandom. So a lot of people targeted. Yeah, target us based off of that. So mm-hmm. it's been a crazy ride. It's, it's it's crazy. Um, I would consider myself, you know, a target. Like when I walk into a game, like, yeah, I'm a target. But like, it sucks because a, a little part of me does have to feel like, why am I always such a bigger target than some other people who are, in my opinion, a bigger target than me, you know? The other day, or not the other day, like a couple, like a month or two ago, I got backdoored week two in a game. Um, which if you don't know what that means for anyone listening, it's like, I got put up at the end of the week and I didn't even have a chance to like save myself. I just got backdoor put up. I'm, I'm going home. And I didn't understand it. It was week two of the game. I was really inactive. I hadn't done anything in the game yet. And the HOH told me, you know, you are a target. You, are you have to go home. And I was like, why? And they're like, you just are. Cool. Didn't think much of it. Um, a month later when the game ended, the person actually reached out and apologized to me. And they told me, they're like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know why I thought you were a target. I just kind of thought you were. Like, I didn't really have a reason. I still don't really have a reason. But they apologized because they felt like they also are were a person of color and they feel like they have this implicit bias against them or this implicit target against them because they're a person of color. So they feel like they fed into it by backdooring me and putting me up. Like, if I'm a target, I'll admit it, sure. But, like, I had gone on in that game for maybe one second every couple of days. I had done nothing. Me being, me being backdoor was just for no reason, just because. Um, so even that person, like, I was not going to make it about race. I had moved on, whatever. I don't really care that much about that game. But they came out to me and they apologized to me because they realized that they almost fed into that um, unconscious vibe. Because a lot of people do. Like, a lot of people don't even realize things that they do may be racist. It just almost is, like, is ground in our society to be that way. And I think as long as you are taking the time to try to unlearn it, then you're fine. Even me as a Black person, I have things where I catch myself that is like, I shouldn't think that way. But it's just the way that we have been raised and we as a society are. And because we're doing games that um, reflect real life, that's going to come out. And it's not fair, but like, it almost puts it under a microscope, microscope because us having to experience that in real life isn't fair. Um, but in life, there's no rules. But when it comes to a game where there are explicit rules and things are clearly fair and not fair, it really, really comes out um, when something of, of that nature happens because it feels super unfair, even more unfair than real life. Because if it's real life, then it's real life. But in this game, there's supposed to be set rules and it's supposed to be even playing ground and we're all supposed to be equal and starting at the same level. But it doesn't feel that way a lot of the times. Yeah, um, and also... Just speaking on games in general, um, there was a season that Justin and I both played, but I don't think he was still there in the game. At Thank that God, I've not experienced this. It, reality noted, reality noted. Um, we just did a podcast with them. Um, Rock Bottom. Um, this season was called Rock Bottom Season Three, um, and I can honestly say it was the worst experience I've ever had in the fandom in terms of games. Um, it was merge. If you guys don't know what merge is, it's when everybody from two tribes combine into one, and then you start to compete um, to get to the end. Um, so 
in that moment, we were basically told that there was this big alliance and the alliance consisted of predominantly white males. And it left myself, um, my friend Mark and Rod who ended up winning the season. And we were forced to actually work together. Although we were never really that close in the game People just seen us as these three black males. Oh, of course they're gonna align with each other. Let's seclude them. And from that point on, we were on Discord. They would not allow us to be on calls with them. They would like segregate themselves away from us. They would not talk to us. And there was actually an issue where one of the contestants that told me, black people always make an excuse for themselves. And the cast sat there and didn't say anything. So it was myself, Mark and Rod fighting an uphill battle and no one in that cast decided to do anything. Um, I haven't talked about, I even talked just with, with Drew, I was like, my thing is it was very disappointing that we went to tribal that night and that was not a discussion topic that was brought up. I had to bring it up myself. It was like, you were on Discord, you've seen this thing that was happening in the chat. Given the first question. I, why wasn't that brought up? I think it was very important that you as a host talk about what's happening in the tribe, but you're asking these other questions, but this issue is something that's shaping this game and we don't even notice it. Um, so that experience kind of steered me to thinking like, how do we cast my more diverse people in these games? Like, How do we change this idea of, oh, all these black people have to stick together or we have to get all black people in the cast? Because I get it, it's a game strategic, you have to make moves, but how do we get people to unlearn that they have this bias towards different people? Um, and that's something that I think throughout the last few years in the center that we've been trying to do. Um, and I think I reflect that within my casting process as well. Mm -hmm. And I want to mention too, you know, if you're in a game, you are probably at some point in, a, in the season going to hear about a Black Alliance or a POC Alliance. It somehow gets brought up in every game that I think I'm in for like the past maybe two, three years has always been like a topic of conversation. It's like, it's tricky because sometimes there is a POC alliance and that's because there's two POC or three POC or four POC in the cast of cast of 16 plus. So that is true. Oh, sometimes there is no POC alliance. Like mm -hmm. um, there was a game I played a couple months ago or not a couple months ago, probably like over a year and a half ago now. Um, and I was targeted for being in the POC Alliance and I was not involved in the POC Alliance at all. So it really truly felt like I am being targeted for being black because y'all are assuming that I'm in a POC Alliance because I am black. I'm not in any POC Alliance. So you're targeting me because I am black. That's genuinely how I felt. That's not how they tried to make it seem sure, but that's why I was being targeted. So if we had a cast of 10 POC, then we have to worry about a, probably like a POC alliance with half the cast, probably not gonna happen. But when you have three of anything of the same kind, you're gonna assume that there's an alliance. For example, if you have a cast of 15 and three of them are best friends, they're gonna, you can call them the three best friends alliance. If there's a cast with three redheads and a cast of pull of 15 brunettes, you can probably assume that may have like a ginger alliance. Like that's not an <laughs> unnormal thing to assume but there is almost a target because there is not enough that's why you never really hear of a white person alliance because the whole damn cast is white so you never have to worry about that um so it's becoming an issue where it almost feels a little bit harder to step into these games and it feels like you're going to be assumed to work with 
black people like for me i always feel like people are going to assume that i'm working with black people whether i do it or not so i might as well I walk into DKMD this season. I'm like, they're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna work with Jade and Dejan. So I might as well work with Jade and Dejan because I'm gonna get pinned. Like I'm doing it anyways. So I might as well work with them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's interesting though. Also, kind of on the flip side, there was a canceled season of um, a game of MTV Challenges, and I was being pinned actually in a white girls alliance, and I was like, no, that's not true. And I like sat there and I thought about it. I was like my three main allies are white girls. And I was like, why? I was like, why is that the case? And then I took a step back. I was like, well, I kind of have beef with like everybody else in the game. (laughs) So that was part of the reason. But I think it's important to, at the very least, be conscious of those things. Because if you sit there and you deny it even to yourself, I think that's like the worst part. Yeah, and, like, if you were genuinely working with those white people, like, that's, of course, totally fine, obviously, but, like, I think just understanding why someone may look at that and be like, wait a minute, and sometimes you explain it, be like, hey, they're my allies, then that's it. Um, but, I'm just going on the list, I want to talk about Z Thing Z, um, Dejan, you can talk about season three, and then I can talk about season, and then we can talk about season four, and then we can talk about, we'll talk about season five. Okay, so season three, um, this was, like, the first time... Um, besides my game that I've seen, at least just like four or five of us African American black female and males in a game. That was so, insane. I was like, okay, this is a change. This is something that we've been waiting for. Right. Going into it, instantly people thought, oh, they're gonna all work together. So we were kind of forced to do it, even though it wasn't my ideal thing to do because I'm like, I already know they're gonna already think this. People are gonna already think this. Um, so we got into the season, we're playing the game, and we're actually on two different sides. So it's one alliance where it's me and Maddie, um, and then the other side is where it's like Jay, Drew, and um, Dominic. So we weren't actually working together, but people still found a way to find that as a reason to say, oh, they're all working together because of this. Um, we get into, I think, the last week of pre-jury. Um, which was like week five, and Chapman's HOH, um, and he's scared to nominate two black people in the game, and we're asking him why. Even though it's best for his game at this point, right? Yeah. So me and Chapman is my Chapman is my number one in this game now. So I'm asking him like, why do you feel like it's like it's a game? So you have to put two people up that you're not working. Like, Fine, you got to do what you got to do. He's like, I don't want to be pinned as a racist. I'm like, why would you think? People are going to view as racist, like, because I'm putting up two black people. And then I have to take a step back and realize, like, what he was talking about. I'm like, in this fandom, when someone sees a white person nominate two black people, the comments go insane. So I get where he was coming from in that. But also, it was kind of like a deep-rooted thing. It's like, why are you thinking this way if you're just thinking about as a game? So I'm like, you shouldn't yeah. have these type of thoughts going in your head. If you know that you're not a racist, if you know deep down that you're not a racist, these thoughts should not be yeah. circling around your mind. Like, you got to do what you got to do. Some of this is part of the issue is the issue of race in this fandom is so weaponized. I guarantee you, if you go in the comment section where people are calling people racist, 85% of those people are not black. 
but they they see it almost as drama. Like for all these people, this is just like this is just like ooh, a scandal drama. Like let's fight, let's cancel, and it's totally used as a weapon system so that now when real serious race issues are brought up, they're not taken as seriously because it's the fourteenth one of the week. Because all week one person put up this black person, so now they got called racist. So it's like it. it undermines the entire process chapman putting up two black people at that point that was not racist but now that became a race it just now when a real one comes up it's kind of overlooked and, and ignored because it was like oh not this again because it, it feels stupid and it's totally weaponized and that is such a big issue it is weaponized in this game i'm like insane like it's used as any other sort of gossip or drama and i don't, I don't think that's okay at all and you made a great point that most of those people that are coming that person is racist are white. And I'm just like, wait, how can you deem someone as racist? You don't know. If we're telling you it's not. Like, like my thing, if we're telling you it's not, like how are you supposed to tell someone that they're racist if you have not yet even like, you'll never even experience half of the things that many minorities face. So mm-hmm. it, it's very disappointing to see people actually use that to start drama. And it's it's been apparent for the last like, two and a half years in a fandom. So in that situation, myself, Jade, the cast, we were defending um, Chapman. Um, it was like, we know he's not racist. Like we're telling you guys like this was just all game, but it's it's difficult to kind of control people in these comment sections and just to let them know, like you're not in the game. You don't know how this game is going. They how. believe what they want to believe. Yeah, and it's hard. Um, and the story was more fun to them if Chapman was racist rather than the truth. They they found more enjoyment to leave hate comments and call him racist than actually understand what they were trying to what they were trying to be it told. Ruins, and I feel like people don't realize it ruins these people's lives because I think in that moment Chapman faced like this kind of reality type thing where he was like, Why are people like treating me like this? Like I never thought like I would be treated like I'm not that type of person. He was constantly defending himself. And we knew in the house that he wasn't that type of person, but when you have like yeah. so many comments calling you that, like you're gonna be like, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, I'm yeah, trying to be a good person. Yeah. So he was like, and then from that point on, um, we had a conversation. He was like, I was afraid to do it again. Like, I was afraid to put up two people of color because even though it's best for his game. Exactly. Even though it was best for his game, he was. And we came here to play the game. He was like, I'm like, at the same time, like, I know I'm a, I'm a black person in this game. I know that you're playing the game. I'm playing the game. Like, I don't get the same treatment when I put up two white people on the block. Like, I, that's the word. We have to, like, we have to change that narrative as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was hard. And I know this process continued to season four. So I guess I'm going to talk about season four. So season four was kind of the flip side because season five had five black people. Season four had two. So we had a talk on day two. Now, here's my thing. Um, I didn't want to make a situation about race because I didn't want to have to turn on him later and then feel like, damn, like I used race to help me make an alliance with him. So I didn't say anything. But he came to me very early, week one of the game. And he was like, Justin, we are the only two Black people in this game. I want to see one of us win. I want to see us go far. I will not touch you. You don't touch me. That's it. We can work together, alliance, whatever. Um, and he swore on it. I shook on it. I was like, you know what? I trust this. Like, yes, let's do it. Boom. 
Now, for the first half of the game, we were great allies. He saved me multiple times. I saved him. Looked out for each other. And, like, it was, yes, we had an alliance, but it also was convenient for our games that we were in the game together. Mm -hmm. um, but it came to a point where, self-admittedly, it probably wasn't best for his game that I was in the game anymore. And I knew that, and I could tell that he knew that. But I was like, yeah, but on day two, we made a promise to each other that was bigger than this game. That was in my opinion. I thought it was bigger than this game. So I thought, yeah, like, maybe I probably should go home, but, like, he won't do that. And it came to a point where um, I was going to go home, but I was like, he'll still give me a vote. Like, I was going to go home, and I was going to leave the game, but I was like, he'll still give me his vote. Like, I'll, I'll still have his vote. Votes me out. He voted me out. And I was just like, I walked into jury and I was just like, what? Like, I was really confused because, like, yeah, it's a game and it was a good game move, but that felt deeper than the game. Nobody else that voted me out, I was like, oh my God, like, how could he? I was like, okay, whatever. But, like, his vote, it stung differently because I was like, the, the talk that we had for, at least maybe it, it didn't for him, but for me, it felt deeper than the game. It didn't feel like this was a game. It felt like we were doing this, like, like about the month for the bigger cause. So we were the only two black people this season. I, I thought we could make a statement. So it, I was really conflicted and I was very bitter, obviously, because I was like, like, I, I, I felt, I felt used. It felt like, it felt like the, the black card was brought up when it was convenient. But then when I, and then when it was no longer convenient for their game, it was like, oh, you gotta go. And this person later apologized to me, and I accepted their apology, and I moved on. It was a long time ago. But in that moment, I was actually really hurt on a personal level, which I don't really get super hurt on a personal level over games. Like, usually with the game, by a couple of days, I'm over, like, whatever, it's a game. But, like, that stood with me for a really long time, like, for weeks upon weeks. Like, I, I couldn't shake this feeling of I felt really used as, like, a person. Um, and it really upset me, but I think it's tricky like it's a game and it's like you're balancing your game and these morals and there's other morals that you have to give up in games so it's almost just like why should i uphold this moral to a higher ground than this moral so it's almost a matter of personal opinion honestly if that matters to you as a person but i think you also have to understand how somebody else may feel because we all have different morals yeah so some some person could swear to god and lie and some person can swear to God and mean their entire life with it. And depending on how much, how religious they are, it could be very different things. But we have to understand each other and we have to communicate that with each other, I think. Yeah. As someone who was in that game with you, I think as a white person, understanding my spot in that situation in specific was really difficult because I knew you needed to go home. And I knew yeah. that I needed them to vote you out. But it was like, as a white person... I, I don't have, like, it's not my place to be, like, your promise to them as a black person doesn't matter. Like, I can't yeah. say that. That's not my place. But at the same time, it was, like, you know they need to go, you know? And yeah. so it's kind of this, like, position where it's, like, how do I put myself into this situation? Yeah. I actually really respected the jury. I feel like you guys were honestly really understanding of how I felt. Like, I think you guys understood that, like, for me... I was just being like a bitter juror. It felt deeper than me. I feel like 
at least to my face, I didn't get much flack for. I think all of you guys really mostly understood at least where I was coming from. And even if you didn't necessarily agree with me, you put yourself in my position, you put yourself in my shoes and you understood how I felt. Like I honestly felt, I was really thankful that like, I, I felt like people were gonna hate me for it, but I think the jury was honestly pretty respectful about it. So I appreciated that from all of you guys. But I guess we could talk about season five now. Because this, for me, was the worst, was this. Like, where do we even begin? Like, where? Okay. I don't even know. Okay, so, at this point in the game, me and Dejan were working together. That was pretty obvious. Everyone knew that. Me, Dejan, and Jay were working together. Trey and Dejan, or Trey and Dejan kind of had their thing. Jade and Dejan, Trade and Trey kind of had their thing. Me and Trey were like on horrible terms. Like, like we would fight every two seconds. Um, so that's like the backstory, I guess. Joe and Dejuh. Um, now Dejan had just got Brenda out the week before. Um, as the Hoh, I was pretty actively campaigning against Brenda to go home. I wanted her out of the game, voted her out. So when Joe and Hoh, me and Dejan knew like, pack your bag, we're going on the block, and and it made sense. Like, get ready. So. We get put up. Okay, cool. Um, I don't think, at least for, I don't think the topic of race was brought up at this point at all yet. Like, it was just like, whatever. Because for, you know what, for Joe's game, it made sense. Straight up, it did. Even though it was me, it made sense. Um, but we start to catch wind that we think Trey will be the replacement. Now, we don't really understand why Trey will be the replacement because he's not close to me at all. And Trey and Joe were supposed to be like kind of good allies. So it was a little weird that um, Trey was being pinned with me and Dejan um, and that he had to be the back door if one of us came off, even though me and Trey were on horrible terms. But I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe because Dejan and Trey are close, they're going to group us together. Like a little weird, but like whatever, move on. Trey wins the veto after they really did not want Trey to win the veto. Like it was very evident. He forced, he pushes it out, wins the veto. And we're thinking, okay, like, Joe's maybe going to put up Chapman or somebody else because Joe had promised Zach safety, he had promised Marvin safety, and he had promised Jade safety. So I think Chapman and Noah were the only two options to go up as a replacement. Um, so we're like, okay, one of them's going up. We go to the Vita ceremony, da, da, da. He backdoors Jade. So now there's four black people left in the game, and two of them are put up on the block, one of them was, was going to be the replacement, but then got safety, and the other one was a replacement. So at this point, we're like, this is getting really weird. Yeah. It's getting really weird. Um, Jade is hurt, and she starts going off, and she pretty blatantly calls Joe racist, and she feels like that we're all four being pinned as an alliance, which we weren't in the slightest. No, in the slightest. Not at all. No, um, no. we're being pinned as an alliance simply because we are the four black people left why is jade he was like well i had to put up jade and jade's like you gave me safety he's like yeah i gave zach and marvin safety too so she's like so why is my safety less than their safety what makes my safety not the same safety that they have how come their safety is good and my safety is oh you're on the block like what's the difference and he was like because you're close to justin and she's like okay doesn't mean anything zach's close to me why can zach be their place like, i don't want Zach to go up but like Let's talk about right. it. Like, it's, it's a situation where it's like, why are we being pinned as this? Now, do I think Joe is racist? No. Um, even though Jade called Joe racist in the heat of the moment, I don't think Jade thinks Joe is racist. Of course not. But 
I think it's a situation where people have to understand where we're coming from. And there was even at one point where somebody in the house started to roll their eyes and huff when Trey started to speak about how he felt. He said that he felt like he was being pinned. And this person goes, ugh, like so annoyed and aggravated that we're even having this conversation in front of them. And that was so disrespectful. Like, even if you don't understand, or you know, even if you don't like agree with it, try to understand, at least try to respect the conversation. Like they rolled their eyes and, went, uh, and they left the call. Like, oh, uh, like they couldn't be bothered to deal with the situation. It's like, have some respect. Like, even if you don't understand it, like obviously Trey is hurt on a human level. So you as a human should at least try to sympathize with him, at least try to understand with him, at least try to see how he feels. And that week was bad. It was really bad because there was so much tension and I think at that point we did feel really, really outcasted for things that we couldn't control. And it felt like there was size divided on just race. And then I don't know how true this is, but we got word that there was an alliance mm-hmm. that included every single white person, excluding me, Dejan, Jade, and Trey. So we're at final 10. It was a six person alliance leaving out the four black people now. We don't know if that was true or not, or if it was just in the works, whatever, whatever. But like, we heard that on top of everything else. And it was just like a whole horrible situation. And it was, it was bad. And we screamed at each other, we got loud. Everyone screamed, everyone yelled. And from my perspective, like, I'm not gonna lie. I, I broke down and I cried at one point because it just felt so heavy and it felt so real. And even though I didn't agree with what Jay was saying in the moment, I could feel Jade's pain. And yeah. she was coming from a place of genuinely feeling like, what did I do to you besides be black? What did I do to you, Joe? Like, what did I do to you in this game to be put up? So that was my perspective. Yeah, what about you, Dejan? I think her frustration also stemmed from the fact that that week, two weeks before, Joe was saying that, Jade, you're the only reason I, that you're here, like I'm the reason that you're here. So when we get to that point where it's like time to name a room. Joe flipped the vote for Jade to stay a couple weeks yeah. prior. So the vote. he's saying that Jade, I'm the reason that you're still here. But then we go to this like this veto meeting and he puts her up. So it's like confusing. So you flipped the vote for what? So you're claiming that you are the reason that she's here, but now you're putting her up after you claim that she had safety this week. So it was kind of confusing. And then like your only options were the four black people on the block. So I get where Jay's frustration was coming from, but also I already knew going into that week, me and Justin were going on the block. So I knew it was never a race thing. It yeah. became a race thing. It became a huge problem when people started coming to us saying, oh, they made this alliance excluding you four specifically. Oh, it was always a plan for Trey to go up at the block, on the block, that type of thing. So it was like, okay, so what does this mean? Like, do you guys not want to work with us? Like, and then when we're having these conversations, people not laughing, people were laughing, rolling their eyes. Rolling their eyes. It was just like, okay, now it's getting really disrespectful. Right. It, um, it, it felt like disrespectful. It's like really like, it just felt and, off. And I had a conversation with Joe after that. It was like a day after. Um, and he was confused. He was like, I'm not a racist. Like, I'm not like, but I'm like, Joe, like, you have to put yourself in J.H. Justin's shoes, my shoes, and Trey's shoes. Just imagine you getting put up because you're the only four people and they're associating you guys together um, as one group when that was not the case. Like, imagine you putting yourself in that shoes. You were given safety and all that stuff. You were told that you're safe and then you get put up 
and there's other options there just based off of the fact that they think that you're working with a particular person. They were trying to rationalize it. They were like, Trey and Justin probably have been faking their beef from the start of this game, and they're working together. Like, no, me and Trey had beef walking into this season. We were not friends walking into the game. So it was like they were trying to find some excuse to target me and Trey as allies. Like, no, we just simply were not working together. Don't try to make it a thing. And honestly, I want to commend Joe because I think that he is younger, but I think that he was honestly mostly pretty respectful and he tried to be understanding yeah. of how we felt. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he was racist. I don't think I don't think in his eyes there was any necessarily racial bias or anything like that. I don't think so. But it's how it feels. Whether he wants it to be that way or not, it's how it feels. And um the situation kind of got left alone up until two weeks ago. It got rebrought up brought back up really randomly um, in which Joe went HOH again and he wanted Dejan out, right? Now, I knew that if he wanted Dejan out, okay, put me up next to Dejan. But of course, I didn't want Dejan out, so I didn't say that. And I'm like, Joe, like, hey, don't put me up. I'll keep it safe if I win. I'll get rid of Dejan with you. I'll help you get him out. Like, let's do it. Like, I got you. And he doesn't put me up. He puts up Chapman and Dejan. Um, of course, I want Dejan to stay. So me and Zach, we flip the vote. We keep Dejan two to one. It's a blind side, and I'm like, okay, we made this move. I'm proud of myself. We did it. Like I'm celebrating. We survived. And Ross runs in the room, and he's like, Justin, did you tell Joe that if he puts up you and Dejan, he's racist? And I'm like, what? I'm like, I said nothing of the sort. Like what? And Joe's like, well, you didn't say that, but I just felt like y'all would call me racist if I put y'all up. And I was like. Exactly. What? Like, silence. I was like, when you first put up me and Dejan, no one said a word the first time. Second of all, that would have been the move to make if you wanted Dejan out, so you should have done it. Yeah. And third of all, if you know that you are not racist and you know that this move is the best for your game, then do it. Even if you feel like, I'm going to yell at you and cuss you and call you racist, do the move that you need to that needs to be done, regardless of the backlash. If you know that you're not racist, then do it. Because when I put up two white people, I no part of me thinks, oh my god, people are gonna look at me a little weird. And when I put up two women, no one, no part of me thinks, oh my god, are they gonna think that I'm sexist? No, because I know that I'm not. So I'm gonna I'm going to do it because that's good for my game. So if you know that you're not any of those things, then do it. And this is just a prime example of how. The race issue can be so tricky yeah. in games, whether you want it to be or not, because it's real life. And these games are social politics based on real life. So whether we want it to be or not, it's influencing the game, it's evolving the game, and it's deep-rooted, deep-rooted in our fandom, like crazy. I wanted to talk a little bit about the most recent season of Reality Dot to Truth. Um, I talked about it recently with Dalton, actually, on the previous episode, but something that definitely came up in a couple situations was the idea of race, you know, and kind of bullying and targeting the people of color, um, and kind of similar, similarly to situations you guys have described, um, a woman of color was the HOH, and she said, the two people I want to target are this woman of color and this man of color, basically, because those two people she was the least connected to in the game and it made sense for her 
But regardless of that, she actually refused to put both of them on the block next to each other, which I thought was, like, interesting and definitely, like, made a statement. She was like, I know this would be best for my game, but I'm not putting two people of color on the block. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. And at the end of the season, it was kind of brought up that most of the pre-jury was people of color. Um... And it was a really interesting conversation that was had, and Ben actually led the conversation, and Ben is someone who I'm, like, so proud to be friends with, because he's just so aware and very active, and earlier in the season, I'd had a conversation with him, because he, there was, like, this winner's alliance, because the season was, like, winner's all-stars, second-chancers, and, like, newbies, and the winner's it was four men, and one of them was a person of color, and the other three were white. And he was like, Simona, like, I am not going to the end with three white men. He was like, that isn't happening. I'm not allowing that. And so at the end of the season, he basically said, like, I think some of you really need to take a step back and think about implicit bias. And if you have implicit bias towards the people of color in these games that you're in, And I definitely was like, whoa, like, I should think about that. Because a lot of the people who did go home early were people of color. And it was like, why did this happen? It was, I mean, in some cases, it was like two people of color on the block. But it was like, why did that happen? You know, and I think there's a lot that has to be thought about. But at the same time, it's like, well, if there are more and more people of color in the game, you know, if it's half and half, it's almost more likely that more people of color are going to be put up because there's just more of them in general. And so it's about, I think it's about, like, finding a balance of, like, what is implicit bias and what is playing the game. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are scared to admit their implicit bias because they think it might make them a bad person. I don't think you having an implicit bias is a bad, doesn't make you a bad person. I think you being aware of it and actively trying to change it makes you a really good person. But I think people are scared to admit it even to themselves that they may have it because they don't want to feel like they're a racist or they don't want to feel like they're a bad person. But I think part of overcoming it is to acknowledge it and to learn from it. Like, I think we all at some sort of point have or had an implicit bias, even as a black person, I could say I probably had some sort of, a, of an implicit bias bias against other black people, like straight up, like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. So I think that acknowledging it and overcoming it is the only thing that you can do. And sitting there in ignorance is the worst thing you can do. And being like, I don't have that, uh, that's stupid. Uh, that, that's, that's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, I don't know, I think going back to kind of what you said earlier about people weaponizing the issue of race, I think that's something that the fandom really needs to get in check because when you're being told that you're, like, racist for something and it you're, like, not even racist, A, you're not racist for it, and B, you're really not targeting people in general who are people of color, it's, like, worrisome because getting attacked like that it's like scary it's like are people really gonna think this of me moving forward because you can Uh, know you're not racist but if other people think you are then other people think you are you know I had this situation my freshman year where I targeted this one girl in a survivor game and I didn't I didn't get her out um but I felt that it was the best move for my game. We didn't really connect, and she was she had a lot of strong allies, um, and I didn't, and I didn't really have a strong footing in the game. I was like, you gotta go, um, and 
she didn't leave. And she and one of her really close friends, they... White friend. Yeah, her white friend. They, well, first they started jumping me, um, saying anti-Semitic things, which really stung. As, like, a freshman, I was like, I've never experienced real anti-Semitism yeah. before. I was like, whoa, this is new. Um, so that, like, it really weighed on me. And I remember going to school and, like, wanting to, like, talk to someone about it because I, I still went to a Jewish school at the time. And so I was like, right. who can I talk to? I was like, how do I, like, explain this, like, online this fandom thing? I was like, how do I, like... <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I need to talk to someone about this because I've never experienced it. But then on top of them saying those things, they also created fake screenshots of me saying racist comments. They photoshopped my profile picture onto, like, somebody else's profile picture, and, like, they created a conversation, um... And made it look it like... Very easy to do. By yeah. And it looked like I was saying really racist things. And it got sent around. And at the time, like, my best friend in the fandom, Brandon, who won Idols Missed, um, he was my best friend at the time. And he's black. He's a person of color. He came to me and he was like, this wasn't you, right? I was like, no. Like, like you know not. I would never do that. Like, some of the things they said, I was like, those words have just never entered my mind before. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, I was surprised. And in that position, I was scared. I was like, I'm going to have to leave the fandom. Like, this is really what people are going to think of me moving forwards. And so I think it's really important. And that was, like, so long ago. Me and that person are, like, on good terms now. Like, for we don't talk that much now. But there was a point where I really did feel like she was actually, like, a sister to me. And we were, like, really close. And, like, it was fine. Um, but I definitely grew a lot from that experience because yeah. I learned a lot. And I think as the fandom in general, we need to look at what is race being weaponized and what is like a real accusation because when it's a real accusation that needs to be addressed and when it's just being brought up as like an excuse or like a reason or whatever for for fun for like more drama kind of like you said justin like that's not I okay shut down and i feel like it, it never really is it's almost just like kind of overlooked and i think we all as a fan I need to start making a more conscious effort to like nip it in the butt because Anytime that a situation like that happens, it only brings down real situations even more because mm -hmm. then it's just like that. Now, like when it happens, there's like another thing on the list. Right, it's like, like it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, yeah, well, is this like, real oh, this time? This again. Right. This again. And it's made, it's made it's made a joke out of it, and it shouldn't be because when that stuff really happens, it should be taken extremely seriously. Yeah. But it's hard to determine because it happens almost every day now because it's just like a situation like that every day, so it doesn't feel real anymore. Yeah. And it's it's not good. Another thing that I think is interesting to address is we are in this fandom and we are, we are in these games where there are hosts and we are to some extent in these controlled situations. And so it's like, where does the host have the authority to step in? You know, like, where do you get involved? Where do you intervene? I was in this Discord game and this one girl, I guess she like made some comment about Anne Frank. I didn't even see it. I'm pretty sure I was like the only Jew in the game and I didn't even see it, but other people like jumped on it and that person ended up being expelled from the game. And I was like, whoa. It was like one small comment and they were like expelled. I was like, I've never seen that in the Instagram community, you know? So it's like, where is it our place to step in and get involved? You know, like, I think as a host, you also do see behind the scenes a little bit. And so you do have a greater awareness of the situation. But it's like, 
when do you step in? Do you make it a game-related punishment? Do you make it a non-game, like, how do you make it a non-game-related punishment? Do you just, like, straight out expel them? Um, Dijon, I'm curious about your opinion, because you are a really prominent host in the fandom. I see him step in even in my season, so this is about Ray, so yeah, it's good. Um, season 24, last season, um, comments were made, and I was able to see everything behind the scenes, like we said before, so I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to allow this to bypass because if people think it's okay to say it right now and I don't say anything now, they're going to be like, well, why didn't you say this before? They're going to continue to do it. So I stepped in immediately. I'm like, we're going to have a house meeting. Like, we're having a house meeting. We need to discuss this. This is something that we're not going to tolerate. If you make these comments, and I make this very important when I state the rules of the game. Like, you cannot make any derogatory comments toward anyone. If it's not game-related, do not it at all or you're going to get a punishment simple as that like i don't take that slightly especially being a person of color myself so when i do see things like people making these comments and joking around it's just it's not a joke it's not so making that very clear from the beginning of the game having those conversations with your house guests is very important so i hope more hosts do that i know in previous um they're afraid to even have those conversations and I think that people in the games find it okay to do it continuously because they're not having those conversations with their house guests at all. So that's something that I make sure of and make clear that you can't do these things while playing my game or you're getting removed. Yeah. That's why I think a POC shall be on every production team, just, just even just for that issue. Um, because, you know, as a host, you kind of have to decide when to step in, you know? And I'm sure that as a white person, you might be like, do I step in now? Like, what do, and when I do step in, how do I step in? Do I step in with a punishment? Do I step in with a warning? It's just, I think it's a matter of personal opinion, almost, to just to be honest about it. But I definitely think that if, if, if any person in the game is coming to you with a genuine uncomfortability, do something that's being said you have to step in because yeah. if that's gonna affect the game and their real like self you have to step in now that doesn't mean step in and punish whoever they're telling you to punish but like even just a conversation even just like a one-on-one in the diary room like doesn't have to be a whole house meeting like even that like i think that that should be talked about and that should be that should be dealt with because that should not affect the game and i feel like as a host you should try to keep your game as fair as possible. Mm-hmm. And that is a very big part of it. So I think that all hosts would start doing that. And if you as a white person feel like you may not know enough, then genuinely get a person of color on your casting team that when things like that show up, you know who to call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in season two of my game, um, there was a whole situation where on an original tribe, it was pretty evenly split between people of color and white people and I think it was a 4-3 split, four white people, three people of color, and there was one white person, and he was kind of in the middle, and he kind of got to choose which side he went to, and I think, I don't know, what I thought was interesting about the situation was it wasn't like, oh, you're targeting the people of color, it was like, no, like, the people of color are working together, like, it wasn't one of those, like, fake allegations, it was like, they were working together, and that was the alliance, so if you're in the other alliance, you're gonna be targeting the people of color, because that's the alliance, Yeah. and so we saw that happening, and 
you know, there were ways that it could have been avoided, like, an idle play could have been correct, someone could have gone to rocks, like, there were multiple things that could have happened that could have, like, avoided it being, like, person of color, person of color, person of color, Mm -hmm. but, like, so, for that reason, we didn't see it was much of an issue, it was, like, these two alliances are against each other, they're clashing, it makes sense, and then come merge one of the people who felt like they were being targeted as a person of color, instead of ever communicating with us and saying they genuinely felt targeted, they just quit the game. And that was really frustrating because if they had truly felt targeted and they had come to me about it, I would have sat down and had a conversation. Maybe there was something in the DM that I didn't see that somebody else saw and it was open and I just didn't read it, whatever. But I would have sat down and like had a conversation. And so I think on top of the fact that it, like, needs to be addressed, I think, like, if you want it addressed, I think it's also important to, like, communicate, like, I need help, like, I am not comfortable here, I want to play this game, but I am not comfortable here, and I need someone to intervene, and I think, um, it's important to also add that if you don't feel like you're able to speak up for yourself. I also let my cast know that you can come to anyone in production, even myself, about anything, so if you feel like something in this game is, like, making you feel some type of way, let me know. Feel free to DM me, message me, call me, whatever the case may be. We can have a discussion in the diary room. So I'm making that very clear to your house guests and the contestants that are playing your game is important because they're going to sometimes, in most cases, they feel like if I do have this conversation, I don't want to get somebody in trouble. Like, I don't want this to become a bigger thing than what it is. And it's not that. I just feel like I hope people are able to realize we're here for them. So if you need to have a conversation, I can pull somebody to the side secretly like one-on-ones like these things are available to you so if you feel like you are being targeted or being treated in a certain way um just speak up about it instantly don't hold that in because we will never know like as well we will never know if you don't say anything yeah we can't see everything we see a lot but not everything yeah um and then i think the last couple things that I want to touch on is will the casting process we talked a little bit about this earlier in reality tv in general um but also talking about it within the fandom i know as a host and something that i would love your guys's opinion on i know it's important to cast people of color and this season we really made an effort to have at least 40 percent because we took a look at um the cast of z fame z the cast of reality noted and i did a calculation i was like what is the percentage you know and those are usually 36 37 so i was like okay let's do a little bit better at least you know let's get like 40 percent um but it comes to the point where sometimes like the people of color's applications just are not as good as the white people's applications and so i want your opinion what what do you do you know do i cast the people whose applications are better or do I focus on the diversity and really like put emphasis on that there's a balance there is a tricky thing to actually like do so within my casting I know it's very important to see a lot of diversity like that's something that I'm really like stagnant on I'm like I want to see that diversity but at the same time you guys are signing up for a game so your application has to measure up to the production's expectations so if you're not living up to that and you just feel like oh i'm gonna get casted because they need to be a diverse cast that's not the case so there's like a balance that we do um so we look at the application and we see okay we score them see how everyone did and then we see how diverse that group is and like okay 
do we add this person in because they're a person of color? Me personally, uh, as a host, I'm looking for the best player. Nonetheless, I'm looking for who's going to bring something to the game. And I also try to implement that idea of diversity among gender, race, and um, and all of the above. So it's it's a hard thing to actually balance out, but I think we do a great job. I know when I look at the um, cast for Snickers Island this season, I was like, this is actually a great diverse cast. There's different personalities. There's different race, ethnicity. Um, a lot of women, you don't see a lot of women play these games. Like you don't see that in games. So it was just like, it was a nice thing to see. And I know that you guys took your time with casting. It's very important to take your time with your casting. Um, but nonetheless, I do look at who has the best application overall when yeah. I do pick my people for, to play my game. Justin, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I feel like it's a little bit tricky because you want to make the best cast, but you also want to make a diverse cast. Um, when we did Idols Mist, we, I don't think we really walked in wanting a diverse cast. It kind of just happened. Um, we literally had, I think it was about half POC, not even all black people. Like it was a lot of this different POC, and that wasn't really on purpose. We looked at the cast, we're like, wait a minute, like, this is really diverse. Um, and they genuinely just did have the better applications. Um, and that obviously ended up being really, really good. Um, we actually had a lot of POC apply. Like, I think it was more POC than white people apply for our season, surprisingly. We had like almost 100 applications. So it was a lot of diversity even in the application process. Um, I think you have to make a conscious effort to do both, um, to cast for diversity, but then cast the best cast. Um, it's tricky, like I'm saying, like you want to do both. So I think you just as a host have to decide what is right for your game and go from there. If you genuinely just cannot find enough people of color with good applications, then oh well, I mean, so be it. But as long as you're trying your best and you know you went out of your way to try to make it as diverse as you could while still making it a good cast, then I think that is the most that you can do and should do as a host. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I don't know, I definitely think Zach and I put a lot of thought into our casting. I think a lot of hosts do. Um, and I definitely think that diversity is a really important aspect of that. So, yeah. Um, unless you have anything else. That's all. Awesome. Today we basically discussed a lot of racial issues that are embedded within society and also within reality television. I think it's an important conversation to have, especially with this new generation of kids who are living in today's world where they're seeing all of this happening and, and it being broadcasted on the news and everything. So I think moving forward, it's important that we have these kind of table talk conversations, um, discussing current events, just to open people's minds and for them to be more aware of what's going on. Um, also just to speak out on forms of hate, prejudice and discrimination. Um, if you do see something, do not be afraid to not voice your opinion or anything, but also be able to be receptive of what someone is saying to you as well. Um, that's how conversations are to be had. You can't have just this one bias and not be able to receive another person's response. I think it's important to have 
um, that dialect and that understanding um, when you do have these conversations. Um, and for those who are listening to this, um, it's okay to ask questions if you don't know the answer to me. Um, we're all still learning. Um, even myself today, I'm still learning about a lot. And even having that conversation that Simona brought uh, upon like anti-Semitic um, myths and tropes, um, that's something that's new for me and me to understand. So her reflecting on that is something that I just gained today myself. Um, we also just need to realize that these ideologies that we have built within society and this hatred against Jewish people and other minorities um, are very harmful to our community. So just be very mindful of history and the things that you are saying and just educate yourself nonetheless. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simona. Well, I don't think there's a better way that I could have ended this episode. Please educate yourselves, be open-minded, and seek out perspectives that are different than yours. And with that, I will see you all next time on the next episode of Simona's Reality.